my teacher was like, Pam Tremec has crazy bars. And I was like, why? Like, why is that a thing? It's like, yeah, people like have you have to talk into this. bars. Oh, I didn't know this was starting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and they were like, people just have bars in the basement. And people just like open their basements and rooms in their house. For it's like a district, I guess. Is that yeah? Essentially, that's kind of like how the bars started off over there. Um, The majority of the bars were houses at one point that have been converted into bars, and yeah, it has the highest like bar per radius in the country. Really? Yeah, there's like a bar, and like literally every single block, like. Every block of the street you go down, when you go down the main strip, there's a bar at, like, every corner. And there's a bunch, like, spread out all throughout. And I don't know why that became a thing, but that's, I think, essentially how the big music scene around there started off, is that all these bars were around and everyone started doing music. And Oh, that's kind of tight. Yeah. Because I know, like, Hamtramck is one of those spots that, like, a lot of people are starting to... Not starting to, but like a lot of people are moving to. Like it's slowly becoming like nicer and nicer, and like more and more young people, like artists, yeah, like artsy type people. Yeah, again, I think like I know that's why I moved there because I was going out there all the time to go see shows or playing it at different bars around there, and I was like, I'm I'm coming here every few days to right. do shit. Like I might as well move over here so I'm in that area and there's a huge music and art scene that's where i mean it's still really affordable to rent and everything yeah so where were you at before i grew up in gross point oh okay so still detroit area just like yeah. southeast rather than uh what is it like northwest hamtramck or is it more just like north hamtramck's like dead center of detroit oh yeah that's right because detroit kind of goes around it yeah and then like when you look at maps of detroit and a lot of times people will include it in there even though it's a separate city but there will be there's this one store i remember seeing in uh midtown was selling detroit pins and it was a map of the city and there was a hole right in the (laughs) middle where hamtramck is they don't want to include you guys (laughs) i've honestly like i've only been to hamtramck for work like there's a there's a DHS building that's like nearby in Hamtramck. It's like I was there and I but I went through there and I was like, oh, this is cool. There's like that one of the entrances is like that. Um, there's like that bridge and it's like a shit ton of graffiti. Yeah, yeah. Like going, I'm like, oh, that looks kind of cool. Like it's got a little bit of an edge to it. Yeah, you know, obviously because it like Hamtramck hasn't been like nice for very long. No, and definitely you know? like way back. In like the 90s and early 2000s, it was like really bad for a long time yeah. with crime and everything. And now, I don't know, it, it's gotten better. There's no real, I don't know, back then, but there's no like violent crimes or anything. It's mostly like car theft and, yeah. and stuff like that. Or people will like steal rims or pieces of people's cars. But it's any city, dude. Yeah, exactly. It's you not know? like people people have this idea that Hamtramck's this like scummy area and it really no. isn't. It's just like your typical city. Well, it's funny. Cause like I talked to my dad and, uh, I was, I'm moving to Taylor, but I was going to be moving to either like Hamtramck or Hazel park or some, some place like that until like my grandma's house became available to me. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go do that instead for 
dirt cheap but like i was talking to my dad about like yeah i want to move to detroit and like maybe like ham tramic blah 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 because of uh the music scenes and stuff and people like my dad and like his generation uh maybe don't understand what's happening there they don't understand like the way things are changing and my dad my dad still thinks ferndale is dangerous you know like <laughs> my dad like <laughs> and i hope he listens to this episode he's like i was i was on my way out to ferndale one time this is so funny and like <laughs> it's like I love, I love him for worrying but like he uh i was telling him, i'm on my way out to ferndale he's like oh you gotta be careful around there and then he proceeds to tell me about this person that got shot and killed there in the 70s <laughs> i'm like oh fuck man yeah i'm sure you can still hear the echo of the gunshot you know like i'm sure there's, there's still gunpowder fresh on the ground like i'm like that's unfortunate for sure but also like i don't ferndale has like a very rich like artsy like community you know what i mean yeah. like it's very hipstery like I'm, I'm all it's right up my alley all that shit like i'm i'm definitely i was actually thinking yesterday like i'm a hipster actually like i've never like had the thought really but like like because i remember when in high school i would like make fun of hipsters and things like that i was like the cool thing to do is like make fun of hipsters and i thought about it i'm like i'm kind of a hipster now and i like it you know <laughs> but it's just well, everybody's kind of a hipster I mean, anybody in the the music and art scene now to a degree is a hipster and yeah and everyone doesn't like that connotation and that idea of it but like ultimately that's still what everybody is like yeah the end of it like you have your stigmas about what you think a hipster is and and everybody tries to be above that but still like that's essentially what it's a broad definition it exactly like we were we were i think like when i think of hipsters i think of like the extreme version and like we were just in new york and we were walking around and like there's this guy that looked like he was fucking han solo like he like the way he was dressed was like these super baggy like uh like desert colored clothes and it looked like he was ready for a lightsaber battle like it was very loose he looked like uh, a sensei in a way but obviously it's just some white kid with like nerd glasses and that i would wear like hipster glasses you know like the the metal frame round ones and i was just like holy shit that guy's hip as fuck and then there was uh i mean this is the extreme version. And then there's this chick wearing like this giant pink blazer. And she looked like, and she was in that Kanye West video where they're wearing like the crazy oversized clothes. And like, I guess those are the things I think. And I'm like, do you, that's amazing. But like, that's what I think of when I think of hipster, but like, that's not what, that's not all like hipster. Like you were, it's more of like what you described. Like any- exactly. it's just everybody that essentially anybody that is ex- doing their own thing. And yeah, going out there and and expressing whatever it is they want to express, and I think of it as hipster, and I didn't want to be considered a hipster <laughs> right, or right, call right. myself a hipster, and but it, it essentially like who gives a shit? Like, yeah, it's just people doing what they think is cool. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I think like it, I think it, it gets more of its bad rep from people who are dare i say more generic yeah you know who maybe people who are just like people trying to hop on to that that fad of looking cool and and doing shit and 
that's where the bad connotation in my eyes comes from it is you get the people that are doing it because that's what they wanted to. And then you get all the people that hop on that are like, oh, that person's cool. I'm going to copy that and right. be a hipster. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, man. This is, what is this, a sociology podcast? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so is your band Sleepology? Do I have that right? No, or we're no? just guys being dudes. Okay, just guys being dudes. All right, because there was... You and then there was Sleepology was another one. I couldn't I couldn't remember which band you were, but uh, clearly I was wrong. Jenny, you're my secretary. You need to be better about this. No, just guys being dudes. Okay, and then are you the one? If I'm remembering correctly, you 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 guys have like a house venue. Yes. Okay, so I'm not too far off. All right, you want to tell me about that a little bit? Like, yeah. So it's actually coming up on the one-year anniversary show. I did our first show on our front lawn. My house is set really far back, so I don't have a backyard, but I have this huge front yard and this big porch. In and, a dynamic? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's like the most different house you can, like definitely not your Hamtramck house because everyone's got the the uh, right. flats and everything. And I, rent, I started renting this house, and every year Hamtramck does Neighborhood Arts Fest, and all the different musicians and artists just kind of open up their homes and let people walk through, look at their oh, stuff, wow. and people play on their front porch. So we got a bunch of different bands together for that because I was like, I wanted to do something like that. And it was in the afternoon, and it was pretty cool. I had uh, Will Lorenz from The Stools. He displayed some art. Sisters of Your Sunshine Vapor played on the front lawn. A few other of the older bands and that's the thing they said too about it when they played they're like we haven't done this since like 10 15 years ago when we first started playing music yeah so it's and that's what they were doing they're like you know we were doing house parties and house shows so it's cool that that scene is coming back and i had a great time and then we didn't do anything for a while and then my 21st birthday was coming up and i was like what do i want to do i don't want to go out and right and drink or or anything like that like i don't want to bar hop on my 21st birthday i've been going to all these places already underage right, so it's right, like right, right. that didn't appeal to me what i wanted to do was play music and hang out with my friends and so me and got a bunch of my friends to play we had like nine bands play <laughs> and uh wow <laughs> and it just was one great. like one stage set up uh just one after the so other so it was like the second floor of my house is just one giant room so that's how we set up for the bands. We put all the big bands up there. And then I had some solo acts play downstairs in okay. the second bedroom in the back that we used as like a practice room at the time. And just kind of split performances and stuff like that. And everybody was like, dude, when are, when are we going to have another one? And I was like, I don't know. I didn't think about it. Right, and it just right, kind of right. turned into that. And now we're doing like two shows a month. And Do you have a name for it? Uh, we just call it the people just kind of started calling it Belmont House when I first started doing them. We were, I was calling them the Belmont Bangers because oh, okay. I was just like a, you know a big banger. Well, yeah, especially since it was like my birthday and everything. So yeah, and I didn't really, I really thought too much about giving it a name. Yeah, but I think I think that is like kind of I I noticed some places doing that, but it tends to be the places that want to be more of like a uh, people hitting them up. Yeah. kind of thing like they want to be more of like an institution whereas i think like 
from what it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like from what what it sounds like hearing from you is that like you like having the space to throw shows when you want to, but maybe not necessarily want to field a bunch of emails from people coming to town. Exactly. Like, so that's you know? like how I've done it because I've had touring bands come through and play. I'm in this Facebook group of uh, DIY tour postings, and yep. people will will post when they need shows or anything like that, and. there's like a contact list on there or like a stream of posts where it's just like if you're in this city and have a house like put down your info and everything and how people can get a hold of you and so i've had a handful of touring bands come through and then i've set up shows for other people like uh carrie from out of this world booking has set up stuff there where it's more so like i'll put a show together once a month or something and then Every now and then I'll get requests from other people that are on tour that have had venues fall through, other yeah. booking people that are like, we have a bill and can't find a venue. And when it comes to stuff like that, it's like, well, then all I need to do is take the night off of work Yeah, and everything's all set to go. I gotcha. I have a, I have a, um, I'll say it off the air so you're not, so I don't put you on the spot, but I do have a, a bill that I've been looking for a place. So if you're interested at the end of October, I'll talk to you about it, but it, it's a it's a couple touring bands that I'm friends with coming through. Like For I sure. said, we don't have to talk about it now because I don't want you to be on the spot. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's 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 cool. Like it, I find a lot of people will hit me up now, uh, to try and help them book, be, just because of like through the podcast. I know I've met so many people that like, like yourself, you know that that do booking, and uh, I'm I'm glad that people. Th- think that i'm someone they can reach out to but it's also like really stressful sometimes because it's like i have to do this and then i have my own band to worry about and then whenever someone hits me up and asks me to help them book a show it's like i never want to say no because you never know like what connection you could be turning down Mm -hmm. or something like that yeah that's the issue that i've had lately as more people have have found out about my house and asking about setting stuff up there is that I get requests from people and I always want to set up as many things as I can and help yeah. people book. And even if I can't do it at my place, because I know so many of the local venues and the bookers there very well, I'll ask other people what dates they have available and if they can set something up there. And I always feel really bad when something doesn't work out or right. can't, can't happen. And that's like the the give and take of it is trying to take on so much of that and and yeah. trying to help out everybody as things fall through. Yeah. Every now and then. Well, it's it's nice. I as much as it can be stressful for me, it's also nice not being the person who actually does the booking cuz then it's just like, all right, well, I can be the middleman in a way and be like quote unquote do my part by like pointing them in the direction of people who more directly book. And so but I also want to like the stressful part comes in because I want to follow through and I want to make sure something happens for them. But it's also a little bit of a stress relief knowing that if nothing falls through, if it all falls through, it wasn't my fault, I guess, <laughs> you know, like at least I tried. Yeah. But yeah. And that's like the biggest issue with it is uh, the, the booking aspects of it where we got so bogged down setting stuff up at the house and trying to book things at the house that we had my band had stopped booking venue shows and and doing stuff because i was just so busy trying to book other things yeah yeah and it the band aspect is usually the easier part what's 
been harder for me lately is I always try to get artists displaying work throughout. So people will hang artwork on the walls and shit like that and display stuff. And that's where it's hard to find more people because it's, I don't know, the artist aspect is, is a lot harder to find. Yeah. And it just gets, it, it can get to be a lot, which is why I'm always down for people that have things already put together right, and bills right. already set up. And then it takes the load off my shoulder and I can still do my part of giving people the platform that, that they need or are looking for. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot like, uh, I, having that many things on your plate like i get it do you have like between having the house having the band like do you have any like like a system of organization or is it just like it gets to be too much and then you just have to like like how do you deal with it i guess like organizationally uh organizationally i don't know um because i i feel that (laughs) yeah i I don't know it's just like i usually just kind of get a request or get an idea or or something and and then try to fill it in from there and i'll keep like notebooks of like what dates i have set up and who i have lined up and possible other bands and possible other artists and stuff like that but you keep them like actually written down yeah i don't i was doing the memos in my phone for a while and I don't know when I started writing it down in actual notebooks, it it came out clear where I could like look at everything I had going on and, and see it all laid out in front of me. Yeah. But even then, I don't know, it's not too organized, I guess. Right. Like I have a calendar, uh, like a little notebook calendar that she got me, uh, that like I, when I first started the podcast, like I was pretty good about keeping everything written down because it was just exciting and like I wanted to do it because it was like, oh, this is fun. Like I actually have things to, to book and like I have things scheduled out a month in advance. And now I just feel like things come in so fast that like I I like I'll go through streaks of writing things down, staying organized, and then I'll I'll just feel like at other points that that's just extra work now. Like I have it in my phone, like it's now it's even more work for me to go and like organize it by writing it down then and then i'll start to get you know really confused and really disorganized i'm like okay i do need to write it down so like i'm like really streaky and add about it yeah that's it that's definitely how i've been where i'll write some stuff down and then other times i don't and then have something coming up and we'll forget that i had (laughs) this all planned out and then it'll be like two three weeks before and i'm like oh shit i have this yeah. bill coming up i need to make the poster for it and you start promoting it and everything yeah. and i don't know because then one and that's the other thing that that started throwing me off i'd get everything planned out and organized and then as soon as it was all planned and organized and i'd get that done far in advance and then right. it slipped my mind because i wouldn't have any more work to do on it and then it'd be coming up and i'd be like oh shit yeah yeah there's always something else you could be doing. Yeah. You know, and like, um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. So like I have it now to the point where like with the podcast where there's so much book that, I mean, it's a good thing. It's a good problem to have. So I'm not complaining, but like there's so much book that like it's, I, I just kind of take it by a day by day thing. Like I have everything that's booked. I at least have in my phone if it's not written down. So like every day I'll just look at my calendar for the day 
and like today like i i just got back from vacation and i just looked today and it's like oh okay mike's coming over today and not and i just literally have to go like day by day and sometimes i'll have to cancel bands like because i'll something else will come up and because it's probably been two months since i originally booked somebody and then something else comes up so it's like okay well supposed to have this today or supposed to have this tomorrow but i need to like reschedule that you know it's just it's just a lot man like our conversation when you got your new phone and i was like oh did you have your calendar switch over because if everything's on your phone and you don't have anything written down like what would you do (laughs) (laughs) if like you just said like you would just wouldn't know what to do well i would be fucked (laughs) (laughs) I would be totally fucked, and I would ha- I would have to rely on like the bands, the- their follow up with me. Thankfully, uh, I'm not going to turn this into a fucking Google commercial because they're probably like taking going to take over the world someday if they haven't already. But like, <laughs> it's nice having Google Calendar and having everything synced through them. So like when I switch to from Android to iPhone, like I didn't lose any of my my dates. Yeah, because if I would have just used like Android calendar and then I would have been royally fucked. But now nah, I'm smarter than that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so the band, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of pivot to your band now. Um, just guys being dudes. So like, what what kind of music are you guys into? Like, just give um, me like the 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 origin story and like you know, we're more like an experimental garage thing. I had started playing solo and was just on stage by myself just guitar and then my buddy jordan would come and then he was like should let me just like hop on stage with the djembe and some bongos and just back you up it adds like a little little bit more to it and then he had gotten his tax return and was just like i'm gonna buy a drum kit (laughs) and then it just kind of went from there and was he a drummer before no he was not he took years of violin and Mm. so we'll do violin on some songs too and he'll drum and do violin and then he self-taught him he self-taught himself drums and it's very like out there and different uh for a long time there wasn't it's more the guitar is is the beat and he's doing a lot more fills and rips almost on on the drums and it gets that more captain beefheart sort of aspect to it we listened to a lot of half japanese when we first started playing together so we have like a very outsider flair to it and Hmm. we're kind of keeping that garage tonality yeah kind of like a raw sort of yeah that's tight is it just the two of you guys yep just a two-piece okay and how long have you guys been been at it uh, about a year and a half or so. About a year, about a half. Yeah. Have you guys done any touring, anything like that? No, we're planning on doing some touring in spring and summer. Especially, the house is kind of what led us to want to start doing that because we've gotten so many touring bands where they're like, "Yeah, if ever you want to come through, like we'll help set you up with something." And now we got all these different connections all over. We got people in Florida, Chicago, Texas, like all these different places. So we're looking into trying to plan that out and and sort it out. Yeah. That's one thing, speaking back to organization, like 
I need to make like a list, like a spreadsheet of all the people I know everywhere. That's what I need to do because I can look back at our posters and see where everybody was from and who I have connections with. And that's something I've been meaning to do for a while is, yeah. is get it all compiled of this is, the, this is the band, this is the person from the band that I was talking to, this is how I can contact them, this is where they're at, yeah. and, and trying to figure that out, which would make the mapping aspect of yeah. touring a lot easier. <laughs> be much better than like my current system of just going through my Facebook Messenger and clicking on the names that I'm not too familiar with, <laughs> seeing what the conversation was about, and then figuring out what band they're in, and then where they're from, and all that shit. That's that's like my current system, like of, but like I'm not trying to map out a tour yet. I'm wor- I'm working on just trying to like record an album at the moment. Yeah, so that's like, how that's essentially my organization right now with <laughs> finding new bands to play the house. Is I'll talk to people or meet people at at different bars and venues and yeah. shows and stuff, and talk about the house. And they're like, oh yeah, I would love to do a house show sometime, and then they'll shoot me like a, a message or something so i have their number and everything and then usually hey i forget to save numbers so then i just have yeah. like a blank number and i'm like what is this and then read the conversation i'm like oh and then piecing through like instagram dms facebook messenger like all that different shit and finding out like yeah okay this was someone that had contacted me a while ago about wanting to display art or play and then now I need these dates filled and this is someone that had messaged me. And then what I've started doing now is because I've lost so many like pieces and threads from conversations that I've had is just making generic posts on like my Instagram story about like looking for bands or artists. And then usually those people will recontact me and I'm like, yes, that's actually what I was hoping would happen. Yeah. (laughs) Word. (laughs) That's funny, man. Just like casting a line, hoping you get the right bite. <laughs> yeah, you know? hoping I find it again. Yeah. <laughs> That's like throwing a fish back and trying to catch the same <laughs> yeah, one, dude. <laughs> Good system, though. I like it. It's the same shit that I'm doing, man. Yep. I totally lost my train of thought of what I was going to say. Oh, um, yeah. So I was thinking like, it, it reminded me of this thought I had. Like I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but like, when it when I when it comes time to start touring and stuff, I think what I'm gonna do, and the reason I I try to talk about this like with with different people, even though it's repetitive from episode to episode, is because like I think it's a good idea that more bands should do, and that's like maybe less like shorten your tours and do more weekenders. That's what we're talking about doing instead of doing. Because our original idea was to do like a two week long tour over the summer where we hit all of those different pockets that we have but there's no like connections because like so we got a pocket down south of like texas and we have yeah contacts in houston and austin and then in florida and then like new orleans is somewhere that we've wanted to go to and yeah then we got people in chicago and then we got people in pittsburgh and like all these different areas yeah. and it's like they're so spread out to try to compile them all together would yeah be, like nearly impossible to try to connect it in some way so that's what our plan now is to just do like mini weekend tours where we'll do one all through michigan and hit like ann arbor and east lansing and kazoo and grand rapids and then 
do like a little Midwest thing through Chicago and Columbus and other areas. And then that way we're not trying to cram everything all in to a few weeks all over the place. And it it feels to me too, like it's, it's one of those like work smarter, not harder things. So like you can do a bunch of weekenders hit all the same markets that you would if you were on tour. And I'm not saying never tour. Like it's fun. If you can go on a two week tour, like, yeah, definitely. Like, I'm not saying don't do that because it would be awesome. It would be an awesome experience that, you know, I'd love to be able to tour for two months at, at, at one point, but like, I gotta, be, you know, I'm gotta be realistic about where I'm at. You yeah. know, I'm not, I'm not a well-known band. So I think the best thing to do would be to, when you're hitting these markets, hit them at the times that where you can maximize the amount of people that are going to be seeing you. And when is that? Obviously Friday and Saturday. Mm -hmm. So like if I did a bunch of weekenders, hit a bunch of different cities and every time I was in a new city, it was a Friday or a Saturday, I'd be accomplishing the same thing as going on a two or three week tour and doing all of them, but hitting weekend. I mean, I'd be accomplishing the same thing or the, the same objective, but in a better way Yeah. by like, instead of hitting, you know, North Carolina on a Wednesday, I hit it on a Saturday. And so it's like, I, I, I got to the market I wanted to get to, but I actually did better than going on a long tour. The only difference is I don't have like some cool thing to post to social media that said I was on a two week tour. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm not putting that down. Obviously, like I said, I'd love to do that. But realistically, I think anybody who's in a band and I, I, you know, take my, what I'm saying with a grain of salt, because I've never been on tour, but I've, I never hosted a podcast either. I just thought about it and I, I schemed it out. You know, I thought about what would work. So it's like, I, I can, you know, you can sort of just like imagine it. Like, I, I, I think that like any band who's in, in uh, the position that my band is should, should probably consider that, like consider being smarter about like don't force going on long tours just because you want to be one of those bands that does it like if you really want to be serious about making it and like be serious about like you know be smart about what you're doing rather than just like going willy-nilly and just going i mean if you're just doing it because you want to be in a band for like the fun of it which i i'm not putting that down either because it's awesome then and if it doesn't really matter like you just want to live the touring lifestyle then by all means just do that you know i mean just just go plan your two three week tour right at the beginning and you'll have a great time you know but like you just got to think about what your goals are exactly you know but yeah so have you ever been in any bands previously that like did any touring or no this is the only band that i've been in uh i've played around with a couple other people like my one buddy brendan has like this noise kind of techno-y project that he does and lately i've been filling in with him backing him up on guitar because he just does uh a loop with a backtrack and okay and plays guitar over it and then i'm kind of filling in doing extra noise and sounds oh, in, in the background so it's like something i just started doing recently that's been fun but never really been in any other full-time groups or anything gotcha when you mentioned like noise, like that's that's a genre that always like it's uh I'm not it's because it's like all music is noise to an extent. So yeah. I always wonder like when when they say noise, like it's it's like a it's a synonym for something else. It's like experimental. It's always going to be like experimental yeah, exactly. type Cause, shit. Because Sonic Youth always got pegged into the noise genre, and then when you listen to Sonic Youth, like I get what they're saying about 
noise, but it's still structured most of the yeah. time where it's not super noisy, but um, I don't know. When I think of noise, I think of a, not necessarily even just the backing track, but more so just rather atonal and, and sound as opposed yeah. to structured chords and yeah. keys and, and stuff like that. Like it, it makes you think because like if, if, if all music is noise, but only a certain type of noise, I mean, music uses the word noise. It kind of makes you think there's going to be some dissonance to it. Yeah. Like it, it gives you that uh, right off the bat. It's like, okay, well this one is actually talking about the fact that it is noise. Like, cause what, dis- what distinguishes music from noise? It's the, it's the melodic nature of it. And it's like, you know, in theory, you know, it, it would mm-hmm. be like the melodic, like sort of like pleasing to the ear type stuff or just like the structure of it. So like putting the word noise in it to me, for me, like has like connotations of like, uh, like deconstructed um, structure and things like that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, it's becoming more popular. I feel like, and like, it's I feel like even in uh, around Hamtramck in Detroit, there's a huge part of the diy scene that's moving into like noise and ambient sound and yeah and stuff like that there's like a lot of experimental stuff going on around there with different bands that you wouldn't normally see a yeah. lot of or or hear about a lot in in the mainstream not even mainstream but just the, the larger local scene in yeah. general i think too like it's I think it's got like a lower entry point to, to for like experimental stuff and I'm not knocking it at all, but I think like <laughs> it's easier to get, I think the part of the popularity is the fact that like it's easier to get into doing things that are more experimental because like you don't have to be like a master musician to like hit some buttons or like try to make some cool noises. And I think that's a good thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it's like a, it's like a new entry point that's becoming more popular for people to get into music. Yeah, that's like part of why I got really into outsider music was taking down that idea of being a master musician, of of knowing everything like that and focusing more on just doing. Yeah. Which is no matter how much you learn about theory or, or music or anything like that, you can make great recordings, but ultimately what when I look to music and what I define as, as good music is something that has feeling to it and just doing it as opposed to thinking about what you're trying to do and just fucking going for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what that, what that is, is going to be different for everybody. You know what I mean? Like what gives them that feeling. But I, I totally agree. Like, music like has to make me feel something otherwise like i'm not the type of person that like listens to music because like and tries to like analyze it from a theory standpoint like i have friends that are more like that they like into they're more into math rock like i like math rock but because i like the way it sounds like in the way like i don't really get a whole lot of like figuring out what time signature it's in or things like that like but a lot of people do and that's because that's that's where they're coming from with music whereas i'm more of like what you're describing is like it's more of a visceral thing like if it makes me feel something then i'm like okay this is what i want and like i try to mix in a little bit of like technicality with my own music but it's not really intentional because like i just use a lot of weird chords and shit Mm -hmm. but 
I don't know what I'm doing theory wise. I don't know any music theory, you know, but I always try to like make things sound different. You know, I, yeah. I try to like have like song structures and chord structures that are like atypical. So, so that it's, it can be accessible, but like not generic, I guess, which, you know, again, like what everybody is looking for in music is going to be different. But. Exactly. And that's the, and going back to that thing about feeling and, and everything, it's not, everybody has things that make them feel differently and, and different things that impact them. So something that you might hear, you're going to be like, Oh, I don't get it. I, I, it doesn't make me feel anything. And I don't get any sense of feeling from it Yeah. or, and then I could hear the same thing and think the exact opposite of it. Yeah. And it's like the beauty of it and even just art in general, the beauty of it is that not everybody's going to look at it the same way or, right. or get the same impact and feeling from it, but it doesn't matter who does. Yeah. Somebody, somebody does. I, there was this quote, I think it was uh method man. It was one of the Wu Tang members. Fuck yeah. Um, Just saw Wu Tang. Said, <laughs> at Riot Fest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some of my friends when they said that, uh, that it was cool. Uh, I just caught like the back half of it. It was funny. Yeah. Um, the he is saying something about it doesn't matter what people see or feel or think or hear when they come across a piece of art. It doesn't matter if they get it or or know what the artist is trying to do with it because the guy making it knew what he was doing with it. Yeah. And yeah. It just because other people don't get it doesn't degrade what he was doing because yeah he gets what he's doing and you don't have to understand that yeah and that's that's an interesting point because that kind of brings up something that i was i was just thinking like i was originally thinking like you know even if i don't get something i don't get the music the person who created it had some sort of intent with it but that brings me to think about like 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 super mainstream music and like the type of like radio pop where it's very like cookie cutter and I feel like some of that can be a, like questionable motives, like question like of the creator. Like I don't know that there's a lot of feeling in some of that type of music. And I'm it's it's not a majority of music, but there's some that it makes me suspicious that like it's a money driven formulaic sort of thing. Like we know if we we take like a, like this song structure, like these chords in a row, like and lyrics about this the radios are going to buy it up. You know what I mean? Like the people are going to want it. So there's definitely like, there's a way to like subtract a little bit of the purity from music. Mm -hmm. But even so, like there's hordes and hordes of people who get something out of listening to it. So even the music that like really makes me cringe when I hear it, it's like, well, you know, someone's getting something out of it. And there's a reason it's such a profitable thing to make music like that because people love it i guess you know but uh, not for me you know <laughs> like, like I, i'm not a big radio person i mean back to being a fucking hipster but um but yeah i don't know i could keep rambling on about that but this is your episode <laughs> uh yeah so i'm trying to get better about like asking more questions about like other people's 
like what got them into music too so i was just curious if was there a moment or like a, a time period where you first realized like you wanted to be a musician or like was there any like particular thing that inspired you originally and i guess like looking back the the thing that got me into music was when i was a kid and and growing up like because i grew up in rose point was very different than people in gross point and get along with a lot of people or hang out with a lot of people yeah. in that area so i spent all my time reading and listening to music and and stuff like that and that was stuff that i could connect and relate to that it was yeah. like okay this this place that i'm at right now and the people that i see all the time i don't really feel a connection to or or a relation to but these artists and these writers and musicians and people that I'm listening to, this is something that I connect and feel something with. And I guess that was like the big thing that got me into wanting to do that is that it was yeah. about being able to explore those, those feelings and, and yeah. those thoughts and, and finding something that I could connect with. Yeah. I think I could definitely relate with that. Like it, I mean, I had, decent amount of friends and things like that growing up but like once i discovered guitar like i just ever like everything changed like i you know like like what you're saying like I, when i listened to like the music i enjoyed and it felt like i had friends but like it the the connection i felt like listening to music was different yeah than like the the sort of superficial like innocent superficiality like when you're a kid like it's you're not having a lot of deep connections, but that's just because you're not very deep because you're a kid. Mm -hmm. But like I started to like my first introduction to like a deeper emotional connection was with people I didn't know, which was like through like, like authors and, and musicians and things like that. And I was like, Oh, this is a completely other feeling, you know? And I just thought like, Oh shit. Like before I even knew how to deal with my own emotions, I was doing it through music. Like if I yeah. was, if I was having like a bad day or if I was depressed, I would just like naturally like listen to sadder stuff and it would help me like subconsciously before I even realized that like I was doing it to like get over things or like when I was happy, I would put on stuff that like made me feel happy and like just it really complimented my mood all the time and like you could tell like how I was feeling by what I was listening to and not that I'm any different from, you know, I feel like that happens to a ton of people and uh just felt like it would be cool to like help other people get that feeling you yeah know? like to create if i could create something that could like give people that that sense of connection then that'd be dope as shit yeah or, we played in flint one time and we it was like this it was called the flint art walk and it's just like yeah some, some free thing that goes yep. on down there so we played for that one time and after I said this guy came up to us and was like, guys, that's exactly what I needed to hear right now. And really? I was like, that's that's the greatest compliment I've ever yeah. received from anybody. Because, I mean, going back to the whole thing of why people do music, I don't do music because I want to be a, a big rock star or anything like that. I mean, yeah, that'd be cool as fuck to be right, a right, fucking right. huge star, but I'm not necessarily striving for that and that's not the ultimate goal of trying to do it i do it because a i enjoy doing it and b finding that connection with people even if we 
don't hit a huge majority of people or a huge majority of people like our sound or our style that to find those few people that do really get it and and grasp it and yeah. enjoy it and can relate to it that's like what it's all about and that's what finding your audience art kind of is is all about in general is is not about it's the release for yourself and hopefully that connection that you can help somebody else that feel similarly yeah no i totally agree and it's like like you said you know the goal isn't necessarily to become famous be like in a way it is because it's like you want to but the reason it is is because you being famous implies that you're connecting uh, with as many people as possible you know you don't want to become you want to become famous like that's like the high end of the goal is to be like famous in, in your genre because your goal is to connect with as many people as possible. It's not, you don't want to be famous because you want to walk down the street and have someone recognize you. You know what I mean? Like it's not really, that's not what it's about. It's about like, if, if you were famous for your music, that would mean that like you got, you reached that many people and that, yeah. that would be the reward, not the fucking money or like the, uh, cause there's not a lot of money in music anyways. And like, it it would be like the it wouldn't be like the fame or like the you know the fame's the word that i'm already looking for but <laughs> it wouldn't be that or the recognizability or anything like that for me it would be just like wow like i'm known because i create art you know it's that'd be wild like that would be the coolest thing ever yeah that's like the cool part about the local scene and that that smaller scale of it is is like you said, you don't become famous to eat or do music or anything because you want to be recognized when you walk down the street. Yeah. But it's nice being within a smaller scene or a smaller group of people and you go to see a show somewhere or go a pl- to any show or, or yeah. something and, and there are people there that, that you know and yeah. they recognize and know you because of what you're doing not just because you're not just because of of you but because of what you've been doing and they know who you are through yeah what you do it's like you are your mascot your own mascot exactly you're doing yeah it's like i guess on a level of of respect not i don't even want to say necessarily respect but just that people know you for what you're doing not because they know you is just right you're not a kardashian yeah. or some shit like you're not yeah. you're not famous for some bullshit it's like you're you're known because you're doing something like i mean i experienced that because of this podcast you know like i saw a few people at riot fest just you know and i wouldn't know them if it wasn't for this and it's not because i'm such a cool guy it's because like i'm doing something that's cool you know like and it's great it's, yeah that's a and it's a cool part too like i'll go to the bars in Hamtramck when I go out and run into people and just start, you know, making small talk with people and everything. And it's cool when I I go out and I see somebody and they're like, oh, I've been to your house before. Like, yeah. You you live over on Belmont. You do this show. It's like, I've been there for, for this band or yeah, that band. And yeah. it's it's cool. It's like, oh. Pete, it's a good feeling, man. It's, it's a nice feeling doing that because it's it, this is someone I've never met before. And obviously they've been to my house yeah. and know what i'm doing but it's it's nice that i'm reaching other people that 
like you said, you wouldn't normally yeah. know because, oh, this other band wanted to do, play at a house show and they played at my house. And so these people that wouldn't normally go to a house show or, or things like that. And, and that goes back to what I said earlier with the older bands. So like, I'm starting to get some of the older local people coming to shows because the, the bigger local bands want to do a house show. And then they come and see that and see that that scene that they were getting into when they were, you know, 21, 22 is, is still happening among a different crowd. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just cool too, to like, for me, for the longest time, like I, I wanted to be in the music community so badly, but like, I didn't, I didn't know how really. And like, I was having trouble finding a band and stuff like that. But like, now with this podcast, like if like when I go to shows, like I experience what you just described, like people know who I am and it's like I know who they are and stuff and and I'm I'm doing something just the way just the way you're doing something, like you're giving people a place to play or I'm giving people a platform to talk about their stuff and like it feels good to be like this might be like a cheesy metaphor, but like rather than being like under like the blanket of of like the DIY community you're more like sewn into the fabric of it mm-hmm. in a way like you're you're a part of it rather than just like experiencing it yeah it, and it's cool to be like one of those people that like is is built built into it rather than somebody who just like enjoys it like now i feel like i'm a part of the people that's like pushing it out there like i'm like more of like a provider of the community rather than like uh, a patron of it if that yeah, makes sense. Like, but you're both at the same time. Yeah, you know and what I that's mean? like what was cool playing in bands and, and going to events and seeing friends play at different things. Like it was cool, you know, being playing and everything and it was fun. That's what I like doing. And then when I started doing the house shows and running that aspect of it, it turned into something else that felt more rewarding in that sense because it's like yeah cool i can go play a show and do something that i enjoy doing and it's fun but now it's doing the house becomes part of this community aspect of it and giving people a platform and providing it and giving people a place to go and hang out and see a show where they don't have to spend you know like 10 bucks to cover to get in right right and stuff like that they can go see a show and and hang out and it's not the house environment is different too because you're you're then mingling with with the people that are performing because you know i'll go see shows at at different bars and yeah the people are that are performing are hanging out at the bar too but it there's still that sort of disconnect of yeah yeah you they're the performer and you're you're the audience and the We're patient where it's too where, you know yeah where it's the house it's it's an open public thing but everybody's just there because they enjoy yeah. that environment and that crowd of people that all have that same mentality of, I love music. I love this scene, this, this aspect of it, of, of doing something and, and yeah. being part of something. Yeah. I feel like with a show at a bar, people can go to the bar and not be there for the show. Whereas house shows, no, I don't think anybody's there that's not there for the show. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's the audience is going to be more supportive and that's just built into the nature of what it is. Mm -hmm. Like it's just inherently better than like, I'm not saying like you can't have great venue shows, obviously, but like the, your, 
not your whole audience might not be engaged at, at a venue whereas like a house show it's like why the hell would you be there if if you weren't like if you didn't want to be there yeah you know if you didn't want to be there for to support the art like you wouldn't go to some sweaty basement or some shit you know what i mean yeah like you just wouldn't do that yeah and that's it i at my old job it was one of the weirdest conversations i had the doobie brothers came in because they were <laughs> playing at dte and they were staying at the hotel like right nearby and they were hanging out and i started talking to them about music and stuff and telling them how you know, like I, was doing, I do shows out of my house and everything and that's what they were saying too they're like I, they think house shows are the future of of where music is going because of how labels and and companies have sort of fucked over musicians yeah. throughout the history and that there is no money to be made in the music industry really like you said that there really isn't that much you can do with it and that's even what they said they were like it took us forever until we finally started getting royalties from spotify because you have to hit a certain level before yeah. you can start collecting and they're like we've been around for since the 70s and we didn't start getting spotify royalties until like a year or two ago yeah and they were like that house environment is is where it's at where you get that community mindset of people that yep. are there for the same thing interested in the same thing about the same thing and that whole aspect of uh that's what they were saying too they were like we're one of our buddies have a birthday coming up and we wanted to do a big show for his birthday but like we don't want to go do a bar show for his birthday so we're talking about doing a house show and it's yeah. like there's like that's where the music is heading now and they're like that's what it should be about is that yeah communal aspect of it as opposed to big sellout shows and selling records and yeah all that shit it's about people and engaging with people yeah i think like ideally like it would be awesome to be like the type of band that could uh that could do both you know what i mean mm -hmm. that could like play a big show but still connect on a level of like make you feel like you're in a like an intimate environment you know those are my favorite bands so like like radiohead is like a, an extreme example of it like where you go to a radiohead show and it, you're in an arena but the level of feeling that you get from it like of the performance it's it's very it just feels intimate because of how like emotionally raw it is and like but then again there's like a arena rock like traditional arena rock it's like it's just like so produced and it just doesn't have that feeling that like seeing a band in a basement where they're really passionate about it and they're just doing it for the love of it mm -hmm. you know it's i've i've definitely had better experiences like some of like i've seen bands sound better than i've heard them on the record just playing in the basement because of like I, there's just something about it it's hard to yeah, say it, what. it captures more of that energy and mentality yeah. of why people do music as opposed to making your recordings and and everything and when you see a band live versus listening to them is is different and when you see a band at different levels and different yeah. shows it is different um like one of the bands that i've 
gone to consistently almost every time they've come is the Black Angels. And I remember I saw them at St. Andrews one time. And before that, I saw them at the Magic Stick. And then recently, I saw them at the Majestic. And it's cool seeing this band that, that I love gradually get into bigger and bigger venues. Yeah. And... But that's the same thing I've noticed, too, is as they play the bigger and bigger venues and they put on an amazing show, they have a great light show behind them and everything, and it's still a cool thing to see and watch. But I don't know, It's seeing them at St. Andrews was different than when I saw them at the Magic Stick, and then yeah. seeing them at the Majestic was even less impressive because it, it didn't have that, that intimate feel of it uh, and that yeah. that vibe of it where... It, it's nicer to see something on a more intimate scale. Yeah. That. And even going back to the local scene, it's I've enjoyed seeing people play at different house shows than I have going to the local venues to watch them perform because that same thing, it's it, it just gives a different vibe. Yeah. And it's tough because it's like selfishly as a fan, you want those intimate experiences, but also when you support the artist, you want them to have success. And yeah, like, what goes along with success is like playing bigger and bigger places. So it's like, it's a catch 22 in a, in a way. Um, well, I got to wrap up here, uh, soon, but I wanted to give you a chance to like, say like what, if, if you have any plans coming up for the band, like shows, records, anything like that, plug the social media, all that stuff. Um, well, we have, a f- we got a pretty busy fall coming up and I haven't started booking our winter yet. We're playing the Loving Touch opening for Spouter on the 7th of October. Um, October 12th is Hamtramck's Neighborhood Art Festival again. So we'll be doing a show at the house for that. Um, and then there's stuff going on all throughout Hamtramck for that. It's in the afternoon on a Saturday. Uh, the 25th of October... We'll be doing a Halloween show at the house with oh, cool. friends of Dennis Wilson and the Creepos. Uh, and then November, I'm booking a thing at the Tangent Gallery, big festival with a bunch of people, Toeheads, The Stools, uh, friends of Dennis Wilson, Sisters of Your Sunshine Vapor, Girl Fight, all, all different bands cool. and art. Um, aside from that... I know we're talking about recording again soon. We just put out some new stuff on uh, the DIY label, Remove Records. Does a lot of stuff for the local scene around here, putting out cassettes. And aside from that, I don't know, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Bandcamp, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff. Cool. Cool. And the band's just guys being dudes. Um, is it is that the handle on everything? Just like at just guys being dudes. Or? Uh, the handle on Instagram is at m Koleski ninety eight. Okay, but it should if you just search just guys being dudes, it should okay. come up. Cool. All right. Did you have anything, Jen? Nope. All right, dude. All right. Thanks Appreciate for having it, me. It's fun. Yeah, definitely. <laughs>